At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Okay, football season is here. It's time to download BetMGM Sports. It's Nevada's premier sports betting app. Has all your favorite wagering options. Go in-game with the betting in-game. Obviously, boosted odd specials over at MGM and much more. Download the BetMGM app today. Stop by any MGM casino on the strip. Bring that Nevada state-issued ID, and you're ready to bet within minutes. We do have a gambling issue. It's 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-522-4700. We got you back here. So... First off, hope you're having a great Saturday. It's two today, three tomorrow, and then Carl said he didn't like the nightcap on Monday. (laughs) Here's what we do know is we say hi to Michael Lombardi on the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. Here's what we do know. We're all going to be happy that game's hanging out there on Monday night once we get there. I understand Carl's reticence, but we're going to be happy it's there once we get there. You know, I actually like it, too. I mean, and I'm a traditionalist. I, I, you know, I don't like teams changing. Like last night, the Celtics were playing the 76ers. I don't, what was that Celtic uniform they were wearing? Like, why change that uniform? I don't get it, but that's beside the point. But I, I kind of like it because if we're going to have that extra game, you know, having three on Saturday and three on Sunday seems like a lot. I don't mind waiting until 4.30 to kick this thing off. And I, and I think that, you know, the, the Monday night game, people say, well, it's a disadvantage to those teams playing. Maybe it is, but it's only one day. The next round, you know, the, if the Rams go to, I think the, they, they would have to go to Green Bay. They already played Green Bay once. So it's really not about more, you need more time to study for the opponent. You just need more rest for the players, which they'll get. Mm, I'm just confused. You must have got lost looking for the heat and landed on the 76ers game. No. No, no, I can explain. I, Bill Berman and I and Anissa and Millie, we were all out. To, we were out, and I was, in a, I was not in a sports bar. I was in some bar, and they had it on the screen. So I saw it, and I said to my man Berman, I said, what are they wearing those? Why do they wear those uniforms? Like, I don't understand it. So it was in front of my nose. It was right there. So I had no choice but to make an observation. There you go, Patrick. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. That's what we, those, the four of you we call the Rat Pack, by the way. That's the new yeah, Rat Pack. Yeah. I've got, yeah. um, I've got Sunshine. I call him Sunshine. Kyle Shanahan. We've got a clip from him coming yeah. up. He's a happy guy. Anyway, yeah. the, the Niners yeah. should be happy. They snuck into the postseason with that. That was a thrilling game in Los Angeles. And yeah. they're one of, they've won seven of nine coming into this. This is a team right now. I'm surprised. I'm not surprised they're getting a lot of backing, uh, but they are a three point dog in Dallas. Let's go ahead and run Shanahan here talking about his team coming into this matchup with the Cowboys. I feel like most of the teams in the playoffs are pretty confident right now, and, and we're no different. Um, I think we felt this way 
really we felt real confident going into that Tennessee game. Um, you could tell how we came out, and we had a real tough loss, and we knew how big the next game would be versus Houston, and I think we played um, real well and got ourselves out of that, and we took that confidence into L.A. just like it was a playoff game. We had a feeling the way everything else was going to go that it was a playoff game, and I feel that just makes us even more battle-tested for, um, for right now because um, it feels no different. We've kind of been in this mode for a few weeks now, um, if not half the season, um, and we're used to it, and the more we do it, the more we get confidence, the better we feel, and the more we're excited, and we just really want to get to the game. That's a great clip. He's a confident coach right now. No doubt. I mean, look, he's, you know, he, he knows that if he turns the ball over like he did against Tennessee, then he's not going to beat the Cowboys. He also knows that if he can't stop third and long like he didn't do against Tennessee, which really ultimately was the difference in the Tennessee game. I mean, when you go back and look at that, and this is one of the areas where I favor Dallas today, when you go back and study that tape and you look at what happened in that game, and you see that, you know, on third down, they really struggled. I mean, Tennessee was 9 of 16 on third down. You know, Tennessee didn't run the ball. They had 24 carries for 90 yards. But but Ryan Tannehill was 22 for 30, and he was 9 of 16 on third down. 16 third downs means you're not doing much on the first and second down. You're in that many third downs. It's a problem. And yet they converted nine of them. Nine of them. They didn't even go for it on fourth down. They converted nine of them. And that, to me, along with Garoppolo's turnovers, were the difference of the game. Now we find out Garoppolo wasn't healthy in the game. Garoppolo, he hurt his thumb in that game, and that's a problem. I, I do think he'll run the ball, but I think this is a game that as the longer it goes, the more it flows into the game, the more adjustments that occur – I think the Cowboys have more versatility with their defense and their offense to win the game at the end. Yeah, with Jimmy G, it's pretty simple. They're 7-0, and the 49ers. When he doesn't throw a pick, they're 2-6 and when he does. Let's talk strength on strength or strength on weakness, as it were. The 49ers over the past, they're running for 131 per over the past five or six. This is a Cowboys defense that gives up four and a half per. Let's talk run game, which is what the 49ers and always Shanahan's want to do against his Cowboys run D. Well, I mean, look, Dan Quinn understands what Kyle's teaching. He understands what Kyle wants to do in the run game. He was one of his assistants on his coaching staff. So what they want you to do is they, they want you to be displaced. They don't want you to they, – they want you to get out of your gaps. They want to be able to cut the defense off so they can get the run game going. And they have all different variations to do this in. Then they want to throw the ball in the middle of the field. They want to get the ball to Kittle. They want to get the ball to Samuel. They want to get the ball to their playmakers. And they want to be able to stay out of a drop-back pass game. I mean, that's really critically what they don't want to do. They don't want this game to be Jimmy G's got to throw it. And, and when they played Tennessee, they got that lead. They played from in front. Garoppolo threw the ball 35 times in that game. He, he completed 26 passes. I mean, he's 26 for 35 for 322 in the game. But he throws the interceptions and one of them in the red zone, and that's what hurt them, and that's what's going to be the, the difference today in the game. Conversely, it's a 49ers front. Nobody wants to play. You heard him talking about Bosa, said he should be defensive player of the year, Shanahan. Here's what the Cowboys can do. They can, they can stretch the field, and frankly, San Francisco has been susceptible to that deep pass this year. No doubt, and, and that's the weakness of San Francisco is their secondary. Can they play in the back end well enough to win this game? And I think that's the fundamental question you've yeah. got to ask yourself. You know, is, can, is can, we, can Dak, if he's protected, can Dak make the throws that he has to make? 
Can C.D. Lamb, if they play this as a zone game, I think it's going to be really hard. I think it's really hard. San Francisco doesn't turn the ball over. They're 26. They're 26 in interceptions, so they don't turn the ball over. They're st- they do a good job of corralling the passing game, but most of the time they're not playing against a high-octane offense like the Cowboys who have versatility run and pass. Speaking of Dak, here he is talking about the focus of the Cowboys. I've said it time and time again, we don't care what people believe about us outside of this, this, uh, these walls, whether they think it's good or not. Um, we're excited for the matchup. Obviously, we were, it's a playoff opponent. You've got to respect them and what they've done. Um, been a successful team the past few years. I understand they were just as hurt as we were last year. But uh, coming in this game, as we expect, uh, hard four quarters. And um, if it's going to be a dogfight. It's going to be a war. And we're exactly up for that. It's going to be nasty. These are two pretty physical yeah. teams. It's going to be... This is a heavyweight fight here. This is a heavy. This is not going to be. Nobody's going to have a knockout blow, and, and I don't think the game's going to get away from either team, because you know even if if San Francisco plays from behind, they're not going to change what they do. You know this is going to be a game where we're going to see the first quarter. They're going to make adjustments in the second and the third, and then we're, the the game is going to come down to the fourth quarter. Who makes the plays in the fourth quarter and who doesn't? and which team can execute under pressure. And I, I think that's the end of it. And I think that whoever gets the lead has to continue to build on the lead. I'm not sure there's going to be any lead that is going to be safe in this game because both teams can score. We saw San Francisco take the ball almost 90 yards down the field with no timeouts against this great Rams defense. You know, I mean, so we know they can throw the football when they have to against somebody that, you know, is expecting them to throw. So as long as they can run their offense effectively, run and pass, it balances the 49, takes the pressure off their offensive line to have drop back pass game. The majority of bets are going to come in on game day. So we're trying to always determine, of course, with this game coming up tomorrow, where the number is going to land. You take a look, Michael, we've lost some of that juice headed to three and a half. Most books are at three with 110 vigorish, which is the standard vig on the number. So uh, yesterday we thought it was headed to three and a half, and I still have a couple of books at 115 on the three, but it's pretty much been sticking there right on three with Dallas laying it. Yeah, and Dallas is only getting 20% of the money on our board. I mean, Dallas is not getting heavily bet on our board, but the number won't move. And I think the, the concern that I have about Dallas, and we've talked about this, is Zerline. Dallas is special teams. Yeah. I worry about John Fossil trying to take too many chances in the kicking game. I worry about Zerline making a clutch kick at the end of the game. I worry about Zerline making extra points, which then gets, you know, which then puts you on the wrong side of that three if, he, if, if they win the game and you don't cover. So that's really what has me most worried about it is I think that, that that's got to – in these close games – You've got to be able to count on your kicker. That's where the Raiders, you know, you're getting five and a half with the Raiders. You feel good because you know Carlson's going to make his kicks, right? You know that. Nick Folk's going to make his kicks. He hasn't missed a kick since the opening day of the season. You know he's going to make his kicks. So I, I think that's kind of what you, you, you know, you need to, what worries me about the Cowboys a little bit is that kicking game. And you say, well, why didn't they change kickers? I don't think you can change kickers going into a playoff game. Resetting the Cowboy offense. Help me visualize this. This is a 49ers defense. They've gone crazy with the sacks. They had five last week against the Rams. They've got 20 over the last four contests. They, you can't run against the San Francisco defense. So does it go back to where we started this conversation with a lot of deep, deep shots from the Cowboys here? 
No, I think it's a controlled pass game. I think the Cowboys have got to get the ball out of Dak's hands early on first down. They've got to utilize all their personnel groups, and they've got to find a matchup, and they've got to force this into the, the throws to make against this against the 49ers' zone defense because this, the 49ers know they can't get no man-to-man game. They've got to be able to rally the football, tip balls, tackle, no yards after the catch, and the Cowboys have to kind of avoid the negative plays. All right. 50-51 on the total. What does that say to you? I think it's light. I think this is going to be a high – I think both teams are going to move the football. It, it's, it's going to be fast. That's, that's our sandwich game tomorrow. It, we're, going to be, we're going to have to go to Kansas City on the nightcap? What are you doing to us, Michael? I can't, you're going to give me yeah. Ben on the nightcap? Can you fix that? I know, but I, 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 I thought they would have given us Ben to start out the weekend just to get it over with. You know, like, okay, let's go there. But, you <laughs> Mercy. Know, I mean, I, I really thought they were going to put, like, a, a, you know, Vegas, Cincinnati. But, look, they, Kansas City, it's an electric crowd. I mean, the television loves looking at Cincinnati's, a Kansas City's crowd. It's, it's kind of exciting. It's two, two historic franchises. Yeah. There is money to be made, so we shall discuss it when we come back. Also got a poll question for you as we continue. Lombardi Line. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, Brent, thank you. And once again, First Bet wants you to get in on all the horse racing action. You can sign up today with the promo code Vegas1000, receive 10 bucks instantly and up to a $1,000 bonus. You have to use that bonus code Vegas1000 over at ExpressBet. Visit vsin.com slash horses for details. Okay, we've got you back. We've got Thomas Gable coming up in just about 14 minutes. He's going to be sitting there next to Michael Lombardi, although I'm guessing a, a busy day at the Borgata for Thomas. Hopefully he yeah. has a Des Moines play for us. He does have a Des Moines play for us. He's been hot on that Des Moines play, and yeah, it's going to be a busy day here. He's got a big fight next weekend, Patrick. Huge, a big fight next weekend here at the Borgata. So, uh, you know, that, that'll be something we can talk about, and uh, get, you know, I think he's, he's ready for the action. I mean, I think he's Got a lot of filled off Eagle money here. This place will be jumping. There'll be no doubt. TG doesn't sleep. Uh, Stephen Bond's got a poll question for us. At VEASAN Live, we'll get you 
the poll right now, and we'll give you the results tomorrow, so plenty of time to vote. Which team would you bet on to be the highest-scoring team? These are odds via BetMGM, Michael. Which team would you bet on to be the highest-scoring team in the postseason, the playoffs? The Chiefs are your favorites, your betting favorites at plus 110. The Bucks 4.5 to 1. The Packers 9 to 1. And the Bills 11 to 1. So, obviously, some gamesmanship, a team that needs to last to be the highest-scoring team as well. Right. That's no doubt. And, and obviously that, you know, who you're playing against does matter. Right. You know, I mean, if you're playing against a bad defense like Kansas City, I know that Steelers can run the football effectively, can rush the passer and lead the league in sacks, but they don't play very good in the back end. And if Mahomes gets time and they can run the football and make plays in the red zone, I mean, they're going to they're going to obviously be the leader in the clubhouse in this category. OK, well, you mentioned Mahomes. Let's go to Kansas City. That's the nightcap yeah. tomorrow. Pittsburgh at Kansas City open 13. It's been bet down to 12 and a half uh, total 45 and a half 46. Here's my question for you. As the Chiefs yeah. got healthy midway through the season and that defense completely flipped, up front is where the difference was made. And up front for the Steelers is the weakness. To me, this is strength Chiefs up front, weakness Steelers up front on offense. I mean, let's just go over the Steelers' last four games. I mean, they have 168 total yards against the Titans and win the game. They come back against the Chiefs, and it's really not a close game. It's 36 to 10, and most of the most of the move in the football was wasted time in the fourth quarter. They had 303 yards. They play Cleveland in a game we saw on Monday night where Baker was terrible. They had they had 100 they had 300 yards. It was a struggle. And then against Baltimore's backups, they had 314, and it was kind of an ugly. They scored 26 against Cleveland. They scored 16 against Baltimore. I don't know how they score more than 16 points. And then let me ask you, how do they stop Kansas City from scoring more than 30? I mean, we saw Minnesota just run them out of the barn back in December the 9th. I mean, it was really not close. So this is a tough, tough challenge. And I think Ben has indicated as much when he said, look, you know, this is going to be hard. We're just going to let it all hang out. <laughs> good luck. You know, good luck. I mean, I don't know what you're hanging out. I don't know if he has much to hang out with here. That's the issue. And so uh, for me... This is a really hard matchup. I, I marvel at Mike Tomlin. I, I, I take a bow to Mike Tomlin for the incredible job that he's done with this team being able to win games. And his defense the last two weeks have forced five turnovers. And that's been the key to why they've been able to win those two games. This being under two touchdowns seems like a gift. Again, the, we, we gave you the statistic earlier as far as the dogs. I mean, the dogs have been awesome. Wild card weekend the last five years. They're 15-7 and seven ATS. But this is... The, the comments from Ben when he did his, his pressers earlier in the week, it felt like he was just like, yeah, what are you going to do? We'll give it a try. It, I, I didn't yeah. see confidence. I felt like he was kind of like YOLO, you know? Well, he's watching the same tape we're watching. I mean, it's all, it's hard to watch. You know, they really their offensive line isn't very good. They have a hard time getting the run game going, even though Najee Harris has run the football effectively. You know, he did 190 yards against the Brownies. But for the most part, they can't really get that. Ben can't throw it down the field. You know, and so it's a challenge. I mean, look, Kansas City is delighted the way that game turned out in Las Vegas. I mean, Kansas City was was rather nervous. You know, they would have had to play the Raiders. I mean, they felt comfortable about that, but nobody would have wanted to play the Colts. And the Colts are on the sideline. You know, the Colts are sitting there on the sideline. And, and, and obviously, you know, that would have been a better matchup in this playoff game. But this one here, to me, when you beat somebody as soundly as they beat them 36-10 to 10 in the first game, 
I don't know what you have left. I mean, this is a little bit like the Super Bowl with the Jets played the Colts. The Jets were the Jets were 19 and a half point underdogs in that game. I mean, this is one of those. And look, we saw the numbers, right, Patrick? Anytime you're, you're favored by 10 or more, I mean, it, yep. it seems like you cover because really this is that is the the book does it. I mean, this power ranking of the of the Steelers isn't going to lie. Well, let's take a listen to Ben, who says we're not even supposed to be here. Yeah. We haven't discussed it, but I think, um, you know, I would would assume as a group you understand that, you know, we probably aren't supposed to be here. We're probably not a very good football team. We're the, out of 14 teams I think are in, we're probably number 14. Um, We're a double-digit underdog in the playoffs. So let's just go play and have fun and see what happens. (laughs) That's one of the funnier clips. (laughs) Is he already retired? Did he retire during that presser? I mean, what's the over-under on his interceptions? Because you know he's going to throw. You know he's going to go give it. You know he's going to try to make a play here and there. I mean he's not going to hold anything back. I mean he, he he's going to try to make plays, and it could go really well. He could have that Billy Chapel moment, or he could go really really bad. Uh, I'm leaning towards the really bad. Plus, I mean you know it's it's as you know when you know you know it's hard to get your body moving in this cold weather. It's hard to get that blood flowing. Mm. Ben we know doesn't usually get it going into the fourth quarter. It's going to be too late if that happens. Forget interceptions. After that clip, what's the odds on him showing up tomorrow night? My gosh. He, oh, he'll be there. I mean, he's a competitive guy, but I mean, I don't think I don't think he. I mean, he knows this is his last game in the steel. This will be the last time he wears the steel or white uniform. This is his last game. He's going to try to do whatever he can do, and he can walk away from pro football and say, "Look, I took the Steelers to the playoffs in a year where we weren't a very good team." I think it's a marvelous story. It really is. Can it continue to go? I, I don't see how it goes. I don't see that. I don't, there's no answer. And and one thing Andy Reid is good at doing is he takes advantage. The thing that worries you if you want to bet the Chiefs, as all this conversation leads us, why not just lay the 12 and a half, is because we know the Chiefs are horrendous at backdoor covering. They yeah. get backdoor covered. And the Steelers won't give up. They'll keep coming. I mean, look at the Charger game. And, yes, I know there was a little sandbagging by Ben there, kind of playing into the victim's role. In the, I'm in the not sure role. he was sandbagging. I don't, but I'm it, not sure. Yeah, I'm not. So, by the way, the uh, interception. I think prop, he was realistic. Yeah. I think he was realistic. Yeah, I think he know? was like, seriously, what are we doing here? Uh, the interception yeah. prop is set at a half. Now, you got to pay a ton of juice to go over, minus 160 at MGM. So, will he throw a pick? you got to lay 160 to win 100. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think that's a pretty safe bet. <laughs> <laughs> what a, an illustrious storied career has ended with. I can't believe we're still, I mean, he, what are we going to do? I, and Kansas. I mean, he's, he's, he's in, I mean, you know, if somebody could have wired the, 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 the chargers bench or you think the league office wanted this, I mean, they would have liked to have the Raiders go back and play the chiefs. I mean, a storied rivalry again, you know, I mean, the, this, uh, this is one of the fallacies of these tiebreakers. That tie is what is, did it for him. I mean, the tie did it for him. And that was also something that was a little underreported. You know, Bisaccia and the Raiders deciding to kick that field goal, that was avoiding Kansas City as well and headed to Cincinnati. You win that game, you go to Cincinnati. Yeah. You, you tie that game, you go to Kansas City. Not, that's not advantageous for the Raiders. Yeah, I mean, I, I know, but I think that the gain when when Staley called timeout, and you know, as we're just kicking this horse too too much here, but when Staley called timeout and couldn't get his defense lined up after he called the timeout, and they ran the ball, I mean, that allowed them to kick the field goal. I I really think that they would have not tried a long field goal for fear it could get blocked and they could get eliminated. It's listen. Remember when it comes to Brandon, it's not about results; it's about the process. 
So. Yes, we understand that. Yeah, and we'll see how long that, you know, if he continues to do that, see how long. I mean, Eckler, Eck, did you see Eckler's after the game? I mean, he was in shock, like, when he was told that they were willing to play for the tie. See, I, I think they were willing to play for the tie. I think they just, the, the advantages that, that the Chargers gave them allowed us, and so this has given us Ben. And now we have Ben on Sunday night. And, you know, and we'll listen to how Ben has been playing good the last two weeks, and I'm sure he's probably great on PFF, is really good, and yada, yada, yada. We'll listen to all that. So, you know, I mean, but the reality of it is, is this is going to be a hard game. Here's what we do know. Uh, year one, as a head coach, you can point to process. Year two, trust me, you're going to be pointing to results because you could be, you yeah, be no fired doubt. after year two. So they have to make the postseason next year for that kid to keep his job. And we wish him the best. Uh, the Kansas City, just in a minute here, um, assuming they do move on, are there concerns for you about the Kansas City Chiefs right now? Yeah, I mean, look, we don't know where Tyreek Hill is. We think Kelsey's 100% healthy. You know, they are, they have, they're not, they're not playing, but we saw it in Denver. I mean, they, they won that game, and really, I mean, if Denver, if, if they, Denver doesn't blow the assignment on the end of the line and Ingram comes in, I mean, they're going to, they're going to win. They're going to be, Denver going to lose to Denver there. So there's some concern here. I mean, they're, they're beatable. They're not as, as great as they were two years ago and certainly not as good as they were last year. Yeah. They're a beatable team. I think they're more like the the 19 team that, that New England went in and beat, 18 team that New England went in and beat. I think they're more like that team. And that ankle injury with in in the pregame warm-ups last week, that but that that's everything. Hill dictates that offense is what you no always doubt. discuss. Okay, when we come back, Thomas Gable, we're going to find them, hunt them down, and see where the book's at there in Atlantic City and also get a Des Moines play. We continue Lombardi Line. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, we call this big game big dance. Get involved with the NFL and college hoops are all new big game big dance special. VSEN plus all access. So here's what you're going to do. You're going to get everything we offer through April 5th for $69. You get the big game betting guide. You know what the big game is, okay? College Hoops Betting Guide, Daily Best Bets, 24-7 Video Access, Betting Splits on Every Game. Everything's there for under 70 bucks. vcin.com slash big deal. vcin.com slash big deal. Okay. As Michael Lombardi mentioned, we get you back here on the Lombardi line. I'm Patrick Maher, live from the vcin studios here at the South Point. Behind me, the book starts to fill up. The book there at the uh, Borgata in Atlantic City, Thomas Gable runs it. Let's get an idea, Thomas. First off, how you doing, buddy? Good morning. And uh, what are you expecting today? It's going to be crazy there. Yeah, it's it's wild card weekend. We love wild card weekends. One of the one of the best weekends of the year, and uh, one of the most fun times to bet. Patrick, I need to ask you though. I, I haven't. Um, I was thinking about this this morning. I haven't talked to anyone uh, out there in town. So here's a question for you: Like, what's the mood of the town like with the with the Raiders? Are they all in on money this? line? Like, it was a golden Golden Knights fever, you know, from when <laughs> they went to the Cup final, or is it's, it not that level yet? It's not quite because obviously VGK was born here and the coincided yeah. with the tragic incident there but the fervor for the Raiders is real I, I was at the game last Sunday and there was a legit home field advantage now again mm -hmm. it, the team wasn't born here but these have been Raiders fans for a while here in town there's some optimism there's some optimism today in Cincinnati that's what I can tell you in town all right 
Good. Yeah, I think, I, look, you know, and well, well, there should be. I mean, they've been able to find a way to win these close games. I mean, you know, it's like at some point you keep saying, when is this going to, when is this going to turn? You yeah. know, when is their luck going to run out? And they've been able to find a way to win these close games. And, and sometimes that, you know, winning becomes a habit as much as losing becomes a habit. And I think we see that with the Raiders. The optimism has disappeared as far as we saw five and a half now to that key number of six with the Bengals laying it. Is that where you sit at the Borgata there, Thomas? So right now it's at six, uh, it's back to six. But um, yeah, it, this game opened six and a half, which I think was the touch high, and you know it has been bet down, but uh, now back to six. It was as low as five and a half. Um, the very pretty even though both the ticket count and the the money here, 66% of the tickets are on the Bengals, but 60% of the money is on the Raiders, and I, I think. Uh, you know, again, we, we talked a little bit about this on Monday, on Monday's show, uh, with all of these underdogs, with maybe the exception of the Dallas game, um, which I thought was pretty much uh, dead on at the three, um, all of these uh, underdogs, I think there's a little bit of value. Now, some of this has already been erased. We've already seen some line movement go um, more towards the dog side, but uh, I think at least the openers, I think we're a little bit touched too high on, on most of these uh, wild card games including this one, including this one. But um, as you said, the, the Raiders just keep getting the job done. And, uh, you know, every time you, you leave them for dead, they're they're back. And uh, I, I think the, the main here concern for the Bengals, at least, are they going to be able to stop that Raiders uh, pass rush right. with with that offensive line that we know has been an issue all season? They have to neutralize it, and they have to neutralize it by scheme more than by keeping people in in protection because that would do the Raiders a favor. Getting into a seven-man protection and trying to double them all up and then just having three guys in a route where the Raiders can kind of clamp down and cover everybody. So for me, this is a lot like the Alabama-Georgia game. Get the ball out of Burrow's hands quick. Give them some easy throws. Spread the Raiders out. Utilize your ability, your talent at the skill to offset what you can't do in protection and you put Burrow on the spot and say you got to get the ball out quick much like they did against the Chiefs a little bit so you know to me this is you know the Raiders are so funny Thomas because you know they play a replace they play the Browns with not even half their team mm -hmm. and they barely beat the Browns on the road I mean that you know and then now all of a sudden everybody thinks they're just a complete going to be able to come in here and win this game against a better Cincinnati team. It's just somewhat inconsistent to me. Yep. The Now, did you open four and a half in Buffalo? Uh, we did. We did open four and a half. Uh, so that's a that number has now again gone back to where we opened it at, at four and a half. It was at four and um, now back to four and a half. Total is again uh, right where we opened it now uh, at 43 and a half. So not much movement in this one either. 65% uh, of the tickets and 78% of the money is on the bills here. Um, I, I think you know when you when you look at this game, let's let's throw out that first uh, meeting between these two when uh, the the Patriots ran the ball the entire game, and had that extreme weather condition there in the wind. So let's take that out of the handicap. We know that. You look at the second game. Josh Allen had a heck of a game. No doubt. He really did. He right. had a heck of a game. 314 yards, three three touchdowns, and ran for 64 more yards. 
is he going to be able to, to duplicate that effort here uh, against the Patriots? Now, we know Mac Jones, we, we've seen a little bit of regression there. Uh, the last four games, he's had six touchdowns but five interceptions and a lost fumble. We have to remember this is a rookie starting in his first playoff game. Uh, but I, I think this is going to be um, a, a, a basically a dogfight here between these two game between these two teams. Um, again, I think we'll see some Patriots money here, but I think we're probably going to end up needing the Patriots here tonight. Yeah, well, the line on our board here, Patrick and I look at Thomas, is, is fives across the board now. Yeah. Pretty much every shop that is five across the board. And I don't know what what, what we have on our our. Uh, uh, header there, but it's five, and you know I think that I think that the, the general feeling is look as great of a coach as Belichick is, winning a playoff game with a rookie quarterback is a really big challenge, yeah. a really big challenge, yeah. and Josh Allen being the better player, the the the, the really the driving force behind Buffalo's offense uh, is going to make a huge difference, and the way the way the Patriots played defense the last time, I mean there it is five here too, is is concerning because they just caught and they didn't really play with any aggressiveness. I think they have to be really aggressive. I think they've got to take their chances on Allen and create some negative plays because if they sit back and absorb like they did in the last game, Allen will be too good. Let's take a, a step back and, and think about these six games from the book's perspective there at the Borgata. Is there a decision right now? You mentioned potentially needing New England, but is there a big decision so far coming into this weekend into Monday? Uh, there really isn't a big one uh, right now. Uh, but we, there's ones coming. We, <laughs> we are so we are starting to take some Tampa money though wow. this morning. So um, that that was not looking great. But now we are starting to take some Tampa money here. Um, but even uh, the Dallas Niners game, so many more tickets written on the Niners. But we we took some early Dallas money that's balanced some things out on that. So uh, right now no, nothing yet. But of course uh, a long way to go till these games kick off are you lopsided in kansas city uh a, a touch but not not too bad at the moment i'm sure it's going to get much worse though as the uh, the day progresses tomorrow and uh, I'm, I'm sure kansas city will be involved in a lot of the the, the parlays and and teasers okay. are you surprised the numbers going towards cincinnati i mean away from the raiders here I mean, it's now back to six. Does that surprise you for as much love as we're hearing about how the Raiders have this great chance and all the underdog talk and all that? I mean, now this number's going back to six. The same thing in Buffalo. All the under It's like moving against what we see as the trend. Are you surprised? Well, I think um, when you look at the, the number, getting um – Getting Cincinnati, if you could, at under the key number of six, I think yeah. that drove a lot of that. Yeah, I think that's right. And then, of course, how much teaser action do you have? Uh, the, well, Wild Card Weekend is kind of uh, infamous for teasing. Uh, you know, people love to play teasers on this weekend. So uh, you, you always get a lot. But, um, uh, but you'll see both sides being teased here in, in this game. He's going to have a lot of Cincinnati down to a pick em, and he's going to have a lot of Buffalo catching a point-ish. There's going to be those two yep. teases today. Um, now, what everybody look for, looks forward to on a Saturday with Thomas Gable he is Mr. College Basketball, Michael Lombardi. And this is yes. what we call the Des Moines Special, who now he's 6-3 and three on the year, so he's making a ton of cash. And we're going Towson today. <laughs> Let's go. What do you got for us? Yeah, Towson, uh, four-and-a-half-point favorites. They're actually quietly been putting up some big three-point 
uh, field goal numbers this season. Uh, more known for their physical style of uh, defense, uh, but they're coming off a performance against Hofstra on Tuesday where they made 16 three-pointers, and that actually um, tied the school record, which was also set by this year's team. They made 16 uh, earlier in December in wow. a game. So, um, And this was all done without their two uh, top two point guards uh, who were out with an illness. So they're now 11-5 and five overall, off to a 2-1 start in the uh, Colonial Athletic Association. Uh, Elon have lost uh, 11 of the last 13 games. I think this Towson defense is just going to be give them some some trouble. So we're going to lay the the four and a half here with Towson. Wow, I love it. DMV, love it. stand up, uh, yeah. Thomas Thomas Gable. Uh, we wish you the best of luck today. So so far, yep. you're going to need. It looks like you're going to need the Raiders and you're going to need the Pats. You're going to need the Dogs. Yeah, I, I don't know about that Raiders game. We'll see. We'll see what happens with that. It's it's very balanced on that one. We'll see what happens. But, yeah, I think we're going to end up needing the Pats for sure. No doubt. And the stats point to you profiting with the dogs in Wild Card Weekend. Thomas Gable, yep. they're at the Borgata in Atlantic City. Thank you, buddy. Good luck today. Shout to Towson. <laughs> That's why we love Thomas. When we come back, we'll get Michael Lombardi's final take on these wildcard matchups on a Saturday. We get going here, Lombardi Line. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, it's Bet MGM for Wild Card Weekend. Again, you can win 200 bucks paid for in free bets. You see it right there. Bet $10 money line. And it doesn't matter the outcome. Just as long as anybody scores a touchdown, you're going to win $200 paid for in free bets. That bonus code is VSIN200, VSIN200. You can also Reward yourself with M Life Rewards when you bet over at betmgm.com or on the app. 1 800 Gambler if you have an issue. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. Lombardi line on a Saturday. Feels good to be here. Like I said, the journey starts today for 14 teams, Michael Lombardi. The culmination, we think the culmination ends up in Los Angeles on February 13th. But we're not quite sure. Maybe it's in Dallas. <laughs> well, no, I, I think they, I think they said that we're going there for sure. I think they feel like they have, okay. it, they have it worked out. So, uh, you know, it sounds like we are on due course to be in SoFi Stadium for the February 13th Super Bowl, which is exciting, which is great for the SoFi Stadium. You know, we haven't talked about this game because I know it's Monday night, but how much pressure is on the Rams? 
I mean, how much pressure is on the Rams? I mean, Sean McVay, they went all the way in the middle of their chips. I mean, they went just completely in the season, a two and a three for Von Miller, giving up the first-round picks for Stafford. How much pressure is on them if, if they were to lose in the first round? I mean, my Lord. Now, I know they're going to say there's no pressure, everything's great. But to me, I think, it, I think this is a heavy burden to carry. I think you even can specify more how much pressure is on Matthew Stafford. You can keep reading right. about the stats. I mean, he was on a Lions team. It's been dreadful for 57 years. But they brought him in specifically for this. Forget the regular season. It's now what happens. And as you mentioned, they kept on going back to that golf playbook, which doesn't bode well for the confidence in Stafford right now. Yeah, no, I mean, I, it, it, what it does do is as much as Stafford has turned the ball over and hasn't been that significantly better player than Goff. He's better than Goff. He hasn't played better than Goff at times, but he is. But what, what it does by going back to the Goff offense, and we call the Goff offense, is, which is more run, play action, less drop back, less put the ball in the quarterback's hands, rely on the physical. It helps the offensive line. It protects the offensive line, which has been their liability. I mean, that's why they lost to the Tennessee Titans when the Tennessee Titans didn't really do anything on offense. And so I think that this is the, this is the style of play they have to get into. I think when they, got, when they got Stafford, I think they felt like, okay, we can do anything we want to do with Stafford. Stafford's so good. He's got this arm. He's, you know, he's smart. He understands everything. And then all of a sudden the mistakes started to creep up and the line showed some weakness. And I think McVay had to go back to doing what he's typically done. So, you know, I know this is going to be a Monday night game. We'll talk about it all day tomorrow and Monday. But I just think there's so much weight that you're carrying into this game because let's face it. I mean, if you don't, if you don't, if, if you don't win this game or win the next one, I mean, this is a little bit like the Bucks last year, right? The Bucks that they, they went all in on Brady. It didn't look like it was going to work out because they lost at home to the Bucks. They lost at home to the Chiefs. They lost at home to the Rams. They lost at home to, to, uh, to the Saints. And all of a sudden, it worked out. I mean, it's got to work out. It can't. It's either Super Bowl win or nothing, really. Well, yeah, the precedent's been set. Goff took this team to a Super Bowl and outplayed Drew Brees in New Orleans. So this is, right. there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of pressure on this Rams team uh, and, of course, Matthew Stafford. Now, your play today is going to be on Cincinnati. So let's start, yeah. with, let's start with the late game, and that is New England headed to Buffalo. It's going to be cold, cold AF, and the number right now, four and a half. No, excuse me, as you mentioned, it's we're five. officially up to it's five. five. Everybody, everybody's five at five. Yep. You Let's know, go. it's five. I, I mean, look, it, it, it is what it, it is five because of Mac Jones. It's five because nobody's going to trust a rookie quarterback. And why should you based on the numbers, no matter how great rookie quarterbacks have played? You know, and so I, I think it makes sense that this number's trending away from New England, you know, because of that. And I think the way New England played in the first game, Buffalo dominated. And every fan that goes back and studies the statistics in that game sees that Mac Jones was one for 10 on third down, threw for 143 yards, turned the ball over, didn't make the plays they needed. This is going to be a huge challenge for the Patriots, there's no doubt. You know, we're, we're talking so much about weather, but it really comes down to the being able to tackle Josh Allen, being able to, to turn him over, being able to get him on the ground. He gets a long, long whistle. We know this from the officials, right? We, he gets a long whistle because he's so hard to get on the ground. I think it's a really hard matchup for the Patriots. I really do. You know, I know the dogs have been really good in this situation, but I think this is a hard matchup. You know, this I should have put this as my John Oates play because I don't really want to bet against my son and his team there today, but I'm just trying to break 
break the game down for you and, and, and understand that I think it's a hard game for the Patriots. Are you sandbagging, or do you believe that? No, I'm no, I believe it. I believe it completely. I mean, even Millie asked me this morning, what do you think? And I said, I think it's going to be really hard. I mean, it's a hard game. I mean, it's it's a challenging game. It's cha because the the matchups and they're a young team and they and they haven't been able to raise their level of play this season. They didn't raise it in Miami. They didn't raise it in Indianapolis. They didn't raise it against Buffalo. They lost three out of the last four games. You know, they have to raise their level of play, and the only time they played well was against a really bad Jacksonville team. You know, so I, I think as the season has worn on. I don't think I, I disagree with the, the rookie wall, but I do think that this team is not it needs to take a giant step. If they win today, that's the giant step they need. But they're going to probably need a, another year to really get to that step. What are your expectations of Mac today? I think he'll do a good job. I think they'll probably have a really good plan. I think the one thing about this Patriot coaching staff under Coach Belichick is once you declare what you do, he will make an adjustment. Like, he's not going to go back out with the same game plan. Like, he's not coming back out with the same game plan, offensively or defensively or in the kicking game. You know, and so he's going to make some adjustments to what he needs to do to give himself the best chance to play complimentary football to win the game. I expect Mac to play well. I don't think the cold's going to bother him. I don't think the cold's going to bother either team, frankly. I think that both teams, it's going to come down to, you know, what team executes with the most precision during the time and what quarterback gets disrupted the most. Well, it's going to be cold in Buffalo. It's going to be cold for you when you head back to the crib and say hi to your wife after you pick against her son. So good luck with yeah. that, bro. Well, I didn't pick against him. I just, I just laid it out. I mean, I just, I said it's a John Oates <laughs> play for me. I and I no can do. Okay. And Dominic, Dominic's dad. Oh, my man's there. He's studying this thing. He's got his sheets. You know, he's ready to go. He's got everything. He's got his sister Sienna handled. He's got his brother Mikey all set. So everything's good. You know, they're, they're, it's. Hey, look. One thing about the East Coast in January and especially wild card weekend where else you you don't want to go outside you can't go outside it's too cold you know stay home get the fire going and just enjoy football all day long today all day long tomorrow it's a holiday weekend too patrick why not if not now patrick when if well and as quickly as those kids grow up i'm i'm assuming sienna's driving a car already four months <laughs> <No>. in <laughs> oh, she's so cute it's so good uh, let's it's so good let's get to your official play today now i think you got ahead of the number because we are officially yeah. at six across the board that key number was cincinnati laying it vegas in town where are you I love the Bengals at five and a half. I really do. I think they're the better team. I think they'll prove out to be the better team. I think that if you watch that game the last time, the Bengals can throw the ball. Now, I know that I know that the, the Raiders can throw the ball a little bit on the Bengals, but I like the Bengals here. I think the Bengals will make plays. Chase wasn't a factor in the game. I think they can attack this. I think that whether whatever receiver they want to win in a matchup, whether it's Boyd against Hobbs, whether it's Chase against Faison, or whether it's Chase against Hayward, or Higgins against Hayward or Chase, it's not going to really matter. They can win those matchups, and they can win the middle of the field w with their tight ends. So I, I just think as long as they get the ball out of Burrow's hands, neutralize the outside rushers, make sure he's got a quick rhythm passing game, I think as the longer the game goes, the better team will prevail, and I like the Bengals. Okay. I want to circle back to the Bengals total. Quickly, you and I felt like the 44 was a little heavy. The, the market's agreeing now as we get more bets coming in. It's down to 43 yeah. and a half in Buffalo. No surprise. I would have been shocked if it kept going up. Uh, down to yeah. 43 and a half. The one I want to ask you about is 48 and a half, 49-ish in Cincinnati. Do you have a lean on that total? 
You know, I would lean towards the under because I think the Raiders are going to want to run the football. You know, that that, that, that that prop bet you gave me, a Josh Jacobs 16 and a half or yes. more, I think they've got to run it. I think they've got to keep the Bengals' offense off the field. You know, because one, one thing about the Bengals, we saw them against Kansas City. They can get into track meet. They can, get into, they can play a track meet if you want to go that way. And they also can play a low-scoring game like they did against Denver and win it 15-10. to 10. Now, that was with Drew Locke at quarterback, but we see how this goes. I mean, the last time they played, the Bengals kicked three field goals over 50 yards. That's really how they built the lead. They kicked those three field goals over 50 yards. I don't see that happen. I think it's going to be hard to kick 50-yard field goals, maybe not for Carlson, but certainly I think it's going to be hard to kick them because that ball is hard, hard to kick. Now I'm nervous. This this Raiders team does have some juice. I don't know how much you want to put some sorcery into this, but they just keep on they keep on keeping on. There is some juice in town for the Raiders, but five and a half. If you can get the five and a half or buy the hook down, uh, Michael Yeah, likes. I would do that. I mean – I mean, look, here's the reality of it. They have juice, but, you know, Herbert came back on them. Yes, I mean, he did. Herbert let them back. I mean, like when they play against a good quarterback, I think they're going to have a hard time, and today's a good quarterback. Well, your day is booked. Uh, enjoy the football, my friend. Stay warm. Yeah. Oh, I will, Patrick. Thank you so much. Say, hi to, the, say hi to the family. We've got two today, I'll, three tomorrow. I'll make sure, I'll make sure Dominic <laughs> he, he, he knows what's going on. And tell on. him Don't he worry. better be sleeping by the time the first quarter's <laughs> over as well. Michael, we'll see you tomorrow, okay? Thank you, Patrick. Okay, Scott Seidenberg's coming up. There's Scott right there. He's coming up next, Betting Across America. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare